I'd also like to thank the elders for allowing us to do this every fifth Sunday. I'd like to thank Jared for encouraging all of us to get up here and lead songs and read scripture. Now, as Tanner just read, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Tonight, I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about staying strong in the faith. Our first example of staying strong in the faith is the story of David and Goliath. I'm sure you've all heard of it. In a time of fear and doubt, many people gave up and had little faith in David and the Lord. As it says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 33, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Though David was small and thought to be powerless, he had all of his faith in the Lord to deliver him out of the hand of the Philistine, as it says in verse 37. Now Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 states, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Relating that back to David, David put all of his trust in the Lord to keep him safe in his fight against Goliath. Now David showed the Israelites that by putting your faith in the Lord and staying strong through any obstacle, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to through the Lord. As it says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning that you can do anything through the power of God. The second example I'd like to bring forth is Daniel in the lion's den. Now in these days, King Darius had a decree sign saying, I'm the only man that you can worship. But Daniel was strong in his faith to the Lord and constantly worshiped God, as it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Exodus 34, verse 14 states, For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Meaning that you should only worship God and no one else. And upon being tattled on to the king, Daniel could have easily lied his way out and said, No, of course I'm not worshiping God. I'm, your decree says that we can only worship you. But Daniel's strong faith let him be true to the king, and he was willing to accept the fact that he was going to be put in the den of lions. Job 11 verse 15 states, For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. So even though Daniel was going to be in a den full of lions, he wasn't afraid because he knew that God was going to be on his side. And while in the lion's den, many men would have wept and lost faith because they knew that they were in a den full of lions, and they probably wouldn't make it out alive. But Daniel's faith in the Lord allowed him to not be afraid, but he prayed to God, and he knew that God would be with him and keep his well-being. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 states, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Yes, Daniel was in the lion's den, and there probably was a lot on his mind, but he casted all of his cares upon the Lord because he knew that the Lord would take care of him. And finally, on contrast to Daniel and David, I want to talk about someone who did something against what the Lord told him to do. You all know the story of Jonah and the great fish. Well, unlike David and Daniel, Jonah denied what God told him to do by running away from Nineveh instead of going to preach the word. Because in these days, Nineveh was known for corruption and wrongdoing, and Jonah knew it wasn't a safe place to preach. Luke 12, 29 and 30 says, And seek not ye what 
ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. We shouldn't question what God tells us to do, because we don't even have to tell him, and he already knows what we care and what we need. And by disobeying God, showing no faith, the Lord sent a great storm upon the ship that Jonah was sailing on. And during the storm, Jonah requested to be thrown overboard and then swallowed up by a giant fish. Another example of someone who went against what the Lord told them to do was Lot's wife. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 17, it states, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Later, in verse 26, it says, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she turned, she became a pillar of salt. Just like Jonah, Lot's wife did what God told them not to do, and they both faced similar consequences. But while inside the giant fist, Jonah's faith became even stronger as he prayed three days and three nights for forgiveness from the Lord for disobeying him. Psalms 86.5 states, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Meaning that God is always willing to forgive you if you're just willing to ask him and pray for forgiveness. And in conclusion, I'd like to say, by staying strong in the faith of our Lord, we can have everlasting life with him. As it says in Revelations 2.10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And as Jonah showed, if you sometimes stray away from the path of faithfulness, we can pray and ask for forgiveness from the Lord. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And finally, Having faith in the Lord helps us build a strong and long-lasting relationship with Him forever. As it says in Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 155. Scripture reading this evening will be read from Matthew 7.12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to thank each and everybody for coming out tonight. I would especially like to thank the visitors. I would like to thank Jared and the elders for giving me this opportunity to speak to you tonight. We have all heard the phrase, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I get told this phrase all the time when I'm at my house and do something mean to somebody, or for that matter, anybody. Will you please turn to Matthew 7, 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Tonight I would like to base my sermon on that one phrase and verse. This verse basically says, whatever you want men to do to you, do it to them. If you wouldn't want somebody to do it to you, then don't do it to them. If you're mean to somebody, they might be mean right back to you. And I don't know of anybody that likes when people are mean to them. If everybody would just be nice to others, I think that would solve a lot of problems in this world today.
My first point tonight on the golden rule is Jesus' example. Jesus set the perfect example for us. Did Jesus ever treat anybody badly, even when they were mean to him, or they didn't do what he commanded of him? No. He was always nice to others and treated them, him the exact way that he wanted to be treated. First, he showed us to love our enemies. If you will, turn to Luke 6, verse 27 through 28. Luke chapter 6, 27 through 28. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. When one of your enemies does something mean to you, it doesn't mean you have to do something mean right back to them, because you're just as bad as they are. The best way to defeat one of your enemies is with love. Jesus loved everybody, even his enemies. Second, he showed us to prevent payback. Do not retaliate when somebody does something to you. But treat them the way you want to be treated. Romans chapter 12, verses 19 and 20 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. You are supposed to help your enemy, as it says in verse 20. You do not do something right back to them just because they do something to you. You try to do everything you can to make them become a better person and a better Christian. The third uh, time when Jesus sets a good example is on the way to the cross. He had a crown of thorns placed on his head. They were mocking him, and they spat on him. He had all the power in the world. He could have done absolutely anything he wanted to do. He easily could have, he easily could have retaliated on them and done something. But what did the Lord do? Nothing. He just kept walking onto the cross to die for our sins. He loved his enemies, even though how bad they treated him. And finally, he made a good example on the cross, hanging there about to die. If you will, please turn to Luke 23, verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. After all that they did to him, and after how much he had been humiliated, it would take he didn't do anything back to them at all. It would take a lot to say something like that and not to retaliate especially when you have as much power as the Lord had. But Jesus still loved his enemies and asked the Father in heaven to forgive them. My next point is, I think this world would be a better place if everybody treated others the way they wanted to be treated. If you will, please turn to 1 Peter 21, 2, 21 through 25. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 through 25. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was revealed, did not reveal in return. When he suffered, did not, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins and have in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteous, but whose stripes you were healed. 
for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer to your souls. There would be, I think this world would be a much better place. There would be a lot less suicides because people wouldn't want to kill themselves because they were being humiliated. There would be less bullying because nobody wants to be bullied, so they wouldn't bully others if they would just follow the golden rule. There would be no murders because somebody got mad because they were being bullied, so they go out and kill someone. There are so many more things that would disappear in this world if everybody would just follow the golden rule. I really wish that this world was exactly like I just said, but it isn't and won't be anytime soon unless each and every one of us go out into the world and do something about it. Jesus knows we can change the world just by simply doing to other people as we would have them do to us. Don't wait for other people, don't wait for other people to go out and do something about it to improve the world. You want, if you want to be forgiven, be, forgive others. If you enjoy a nice compliment, then compliment others. The golden rule will transfer our actions if we truly apply it. We will never be mean, always generous, never harsh, always understanding, never cruel, and always kind. I would love to be like that, wouldn't you? Scripture this evening will be from Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to be a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was found on the rock. But everyone, but every, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell. And great of great was it fell. Good evening. This evening I would like to talk about the parable of the two builders. Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with a parable, which, is, which we call the parable of the two builders. He had been preaching to the multitude for a very long time. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, 29, rather, says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and, floods, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Before we start this lesson, we must first understand what the parable is. A parable is, a heaven, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The word parable is mentioned 47 times in the New Testament. There are three points I would like to talk about in this sermon. What the parable says, 
that the parable tells us about just listening is not enough and what Jesus' mental picture of the builders were. First, we'll talk about what the parable says. The parable says that if we hear him and and do what he says, then we will be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Matthew 16:18 says, "And I say, and I said unto thee, thou art that thou art Peter, the son, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." Anyone who knows anything about building a house knows that a house built upon rock will stand for a very long time. The parable also says that if you hear, but you do not do what Jesus says, you will be like the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. If if you build a house on sand, it, it will most likely not stand as long as a house built on rock. Next, we will look about what Next, we will look at the parable about what the parable says that listening is not enough. There are two ways to listen to someone. The first way is that we will is that you can hear what the person is saying, but you do not put that into action. An example of this is like when your boss tells you to do something at work, but you don't do it. The second way to hear someone is that you not only hear what they say, but but you do what they say when they tell you and how they tell you. An example of this is that when God tells you to do something, you should do it. In this instance, we should all obey. All obey. Revelation 22:14 says, "Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that, and that they may enter the city by the gates." Think about those who have been exposed to the gospel but they refuse to obey. You can also think about Christians who refuse to remain faithful to the church. Lastly, I want to look at the Jesus' mental picture of the two builders. Everyone is a builder, whether it be wise or foolish. Even, they, even though they are different, they, there is also some similarities about them. Both of them heard Jesus speak, though only one of them put what Jesus said into action. Both of them were going to build a house, but their foundations were different. One was rock and one was sand, and both of them were expecting a storm. They were also different in many ways. Their, their personal character was different. One was wise and one was foolish. And their final results of their houses were different. One house stood while the other house fell. The characteristics of the two builders were the wise was the wise builder. They didn't. They not only heard what the gospel said, but they put it into action. They they would visit the sick. They would be at church every time they possibly could. They would also study God's word. Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a worksman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." They would they would. Uh, also teach others the word of God. Second Timothy 2.24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto those who are all men able to teach and be patient. They also strive to be Christ-like. The characteristics on the, of the foolish builders 
Uh, they, they didn't care about the physical or spiritual well-being of, of themselves or others. They showed disregard to God's word, and they, they did not come to church when they were supposed to. There were two types of builders that we looked at tonight, one wise and one foolish. Which are you? Ha have you tonight built your faith upon a foundation of sand as the foolish man did? Or are you going to build, a, build your f faith on a foundation of rock as, as the wise man did, which was God's plan of salvation? First you must hear the word. Romans 10:17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Next you must believe. Acts 16:31 says, And they that say, said that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Next you must repent of your sins. Acts 17:30 says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Next, you must also confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Matthew 10:32 says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before man, I will also confess him before my Father which is in heaven. Next, you must be baptized. Acts 22:16 says, And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Finally, you must remain faithful to God to death. Revelation 2.10 2, says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of, the crown of life. If you have any need at all, please come, to get, please come to, while together we stand and sing song number 3.